Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Hayley Morecambe podcast. I am so excited you're here for showing up for yourself, your self-love and self-care. Each week, I gift you the permission and the space to claim the most happy, healthy, abundant life and give you access to the most sparkliest version of you. On this journey together, we'll learn and grow and thrive to be the best version of ourselves. We don't settle for anything less than incredible. I'm your host, Haley, a fitness and nutrition coach, writer, former radio host and journalist, advocate for self-love and self-care, and all-round wellness guru. I'm a mama to the most divine little girl and a fur parent to a cheeky little cavoodle. I am so pumped to take you into another magical episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Tamika Wilder, also known as the Orgasmic Mama, is a sex coach and multi-qualified therapist with a deep passion for teaching mums how to reattune to the language of the body while giving full permission to shamelessly prioritise pleasure and play. After experiencing two hectic births and healing from the trauma of sexual abuse, Tamika is now utterly committed to passing on what she's learnt to mothers far and wide. Tamika brings 18 plus years of facilitation and group work experience and guides with compassion, humor, gentleness, love, and curiosity. She says you can create lasting and meaningful transformation inside your intimate relationships, your somatic understanding, and authentic sexual expression. You've just got to dive in. During this juicy, open and vulnerable chat, we dive into sex after babies and reconnecting to your partner, sex-positive parenting, self-pleasure, masturbation and the difference between the two, intimacy, the different types of orgasm, reclaiming your sexuality and how it can ripple through all life areas, even in business, maintaining your libido and sensual energy all month long, plus so much more. It's one not to miss. Let's jump into our conversation with Tamika Wilder. Tamika, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much. Great to be here. We were just chatting before we um, jumped into this recording um, and I was just saying it's, a, it's been a long time coming 
um, this kind of conversation. And it's been something that's brewing in my mind for a really long time since I launched this podcast back in 2020. And I had this little wish list and it was like this little list that I was going to go through and tick off. And one of them was a sexologist and it was something I could never, ever connect with the right people to find of what the energy that I want to bring onto the show. I'm very precious about the energy that comes onto this show. And when um, someone pointed me in the direction of you a little while ago, I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Like so excited. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, it's true. There needs to be a match because there are lots of sexologists. There are lots of professionals around lots of different things. But the one for you is me in this moment. Yay. <laughs> we were supposed to be aligned. <laughs> Um, and brought together. So I'm super excited about this conversation because we're going to go into a lot of topics that um, it might feel, you, it might, um, it's not uncomfortable for you and I, but it might be uncomfortable for the listener. And I, I'm actually, it, it makes me excited for that because I love conversations that no one else or not a lot, like not a majority of people are doing. I think there's such a need mm. for it. And we'll get mm. into that a little bit later on. Now I'm going to ask you before we jump into the, the chat is, um, you know, for people who aren't aware of you um, and the amazing work you do, I know it's such a like, tell us about you, but I've listened to a few podcasts and read about you. And um, I know you say a lot that, you know, the, the work that you're doing today has been, you know, a journey and it has brought mm. you to where you are. And, you know, back when you were younger, people would always, you, you know, you were brought up in a um, sex negative household, I guess, which we'll also discuss. Mm. And then you said that you kind of walk around, used to walk around with this sign on your head, like people were just so open to talk to you about sex. How did that all come mm. out? Oh, yes, I often felt like I walked around with a big side on my head saying safe person to talk about sex with. It's nothing that I did. I just feel like it's been just part of who I am for a long, long time. Um, and I mean, I'm not some big astrological hippie, but it's also in my, it's in my chart. It's in my stars. It's like looking at the taboos, lifting the lid on things that people don't usually talk about and really getting to the core of, or to the, to the essence or the heart of a matter or an issue has just been a big part of my work. So the work that you're doing now, you're a somatic uh, sex coach. What does that mean? Yes. So the somatic part is really about taking a full focus on the body. So um, some sex therapists, there's lots of talk therapy involved um, and they don't generally look at the role that the body specifically plays. And um, personally, I feel like that's kind of bonkers because, you know, sex is a function of the body. It's physiological, it's biological, it's also relational. You also have to get the, the mindset stuff in order. So the somatic sexology is a way to do both. Um, so using tools like breath, sound, movement, conscious touch, placement of awareness. There are examples of somatic tools that um, with my clients, we do somatic coaching to help really free up the body and help build the mind-body connection around mm. our sexuality. Yeah, I love that so much. Like you said, some just focus on one, but you combine the two because it is. It's a, it is a combination of two. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. So what is something that you... <sighs> Um, something clients would come to you the most, like what are you seeing out in the world at the moment? Like what is, what is something that's like so prominent? Yeah. So I work a lot with mums. I work with all sorts of people, but lots and lots of mums come to me. I really wanted to be a safe place to land for 
for people who have had babies who are like, oh, I feel so disconnected from my pleasure. I feel stressed. I feel time poor. I feel touched out. I feel overwhelmed. Mm. I feel like my partner's not really on my team at the moment. I've got all this emotional stuff going on with them and I don't want to open my body sexually. Mm. Um, And I feel like my body has changed so much that I'm lacking sexual confidence. So that lack of confidence actually keeps squashing my desire. So this is a loop that happens where the stress and the lack of confidence and the changes and the relational stuff actually puts a full lid on people's desire to be in pleasure and desire to be in connection with one another. So that's kind of, that's a big load of stuff that we unpack actually, because a lot of people also who experience sexual um, trauma, like in, in younger life, after we have children or after our bodies being through something like birthing a baby, um, it can often bring old trauma to the surface mm. and it can bring old wounds up. And it's like, wow, I was so free and so cool and open in my late twenties, early thirties. Now I'm moving into my late thirties, early forties. And why do I have all of this angst in my body? Why do I have all this stress in my shoulders? Why am I rejecting, you know, my womb space or um, why don't I understand my pleasure anatomy? You mm. know? Um, why don't I feel confident to talk to my partner about what I want? Why do I get so annoyed when they touch me? Mm. All of these things start happening. So, yeah, I think that's kind of a lot of the things that, that I work through. Um, mm. And I think for, for the listeners, it's like chances are that your story is represented inside of one of those things. Absolutely. I was just thinking all of those things. So many people would be nodding their head right now and going, yeah, that's me. Like, I feel like that. But we get, you know, as we were discussing off um, this conversation is, you know, it's still unfortunately a taboo topic. Like, you know, it depends. Let's go back to, um, you know, childhood and the way you're brought up. You know, we can be brought up with so many, um, you know, limiting beliefs or, you know, with stories that our parents told us. And like we were saying before, like you were in a sex negative household. And I guess I was in, so, in a, some way, like it wasn't really open. But I mean, I remember... Um, feeling like it was a naughty thing to do to have sex. Like it was still like I yeah. took it into my adulthood and it was like something you couldn't talk about. And, um, you know, I, I try to be open with my friends and stuff now, but you still see a lot of people closing off. What yeah. if you could have your way now and like help, you know, make help with one thing with clients, like across the board, would it be embracing that and being, you know, op- more open about it? Yeah, look, I feel like the kind of um, the culture, our shared culture around sex is that of taboo and privacy, secrecy, hiding, don't talk about it, relegate it to the sidelines. And that is something that is learnt um, in childhood and from a, from a young age. I don't necessarily think that that's going to change in a hurry, um, especially if in adulthood as parents, we don't do the work to unravel some of that conditioning and to go, actually, how can I build the confidence to talk to my child and my children about the fact that sex is normal? How can I give them the tools for consent education? How can I give them the tools for um, accessing their own pleasure, for interacting Mm. with other people's bodies respectfully? Wow, it's a big task. Um, But I do think that it's really, really an important key and yeah, this sense of, of taboo is because we just don't talk about it with our kids. That's why. Mm-hmm. So with mine, I have two boys, five and eight, and 
I have books about sex all around the house. I have consent books. I have, you know, um, a, a pillow that's the shape of my, you know, vulva with all of the pleasure anatomy in there. And mm. they, it's normalised for them just to see it. They know mm. when I bleed, they, you know, I'm like, go get me a pad or, you know, don't climb on me, mummy's bleeding today. Like they just, they have it all. Mm. Um, and so I feel like for them growing up, it's going to be like, oh, right, sex isn't something I need to be ashamed of. Sex is something I can talk to my mum about. Mm. And sex is something that I can um, engage in without feeling shame mm. because shame and taboo go hand in hand. Um, I think, yeah, shame is in, inherent in our sexuality, unfortunately, and it is something that we can address and, and change and transform. Yeah, absolutely. I love your parenting philosophy on that. Um, and do, is it something that you feel like you need to work on yourself before you can parent it, like break that chain? Yes. No doubt there's been a chain for probably many generations about sex. And then, you know, before we can then teach it to our children, you know, we, it's like, it's important for us to do the work ourselves, right? hundred percent. We cannot, we cannot create a sex positive household until we um, come up with our new sex positive values and we can mm. work out what were some of the things that, you know, didn't serve us that we can, um, yeah, transform and work through. Absolutely, we have to. And so that sometimes looks like, um, you know, oh, I want to do my self-pleasure practice today, but the kids are at home. Oh, no, I can't touch myself or be with myself or do my breath work when the kids are in the house. Mm. It's like, no, that's not true. It's, okay, make sure the kids have everything they need. Mum's going downstairs. You know, I'm uncontactable for the next 20, 30 minutes because I'm yeah. going to be with myself and be with my body. Mm. And for many people, that's like, oh, no way. How could you relax when the kids are at home to do that? It's like, yeah, but that's building the foundations of a sex-positive household potentially, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, anyway. And it doesn't look the same for everyone, which is an important um, important thing as well. It doesn't just because that's the way I do it doesn't mean that's how you have to do it. But firstly, understanding what sex-positivity means to you is an important first kind of place yeah I love that um because I remember going through and I, I think my story like a lot of people can relate to it too is yeah going through my 20s I never found pleasure out of sex it was very much for my partner I would have sex yeah. it wasn't enjoyable I never climaxed it was just it was more like very it was just routine and it was kind of like this just this mentality of like, just get it done, which is so horrible. Yeah. And it wasn't until I hit my thirties where, you know, and the reason I brought this up is because you're talking about self-pleasure is when I learnt myself, I never did self self-pleasure really in my twenties. It wasn't until I hit my thirties and I was starting to then discover what I liked, it was making that reconnecting my body um, to myself and knowing the things that I like before I could even find the confidence to be with a partner. And I feel like yeah. that really changed a lot and, and really breaking that, down that stigma of it's not dirty, it's not naughty, it's not private. It's like such a natural thing to do. Um, yeah. And even still, like my sister made a joke the other day. She's like, oh, you've got a partner now. You can throw away your drawer of vibrators. And I was oh. laughed and I was like, no, like that's not, but no, no, no. Like I, that, oh. that's so sacred. Like I still do that, even though I have a partner, like it's, I think it's so important. What would you yeah. say to mums out there that are cringing right now going, oh my gosh, I wouldn't even have time for masturbation or pleasure or, you know, what, how important is that aspect before we can mm. connect with a partner? Mm. So I might take it a step back 
away from masturbation and self-pleasure to Mm self-connection. So, or erotic embodiment or um, connecting with your radiance, connecting Mm -hmm. with your vitality, connecting with your breath, um, placing your hands on your body in certain ways that soothe and calm your nervous system, right? These are the first things that we need to work on and choose and prioritize before then we can move into spaces of masturbation and pleasure, etc. At least the ones that are going to be nourishing. I'm not talking about going into your bedroom and sticking a vibrator on your clit and having, a, you know, one of those huge peaky orgasms within mm. seven minutes. That's like junk food, junk food pleasure, which, mm. you know, Every now and then, Macca's drive through has a time and a place. But yeah. <laughs> um, if we're talking about nourishing pleasure that is sustainable, that helps you release the dopamine, the oxytocin, you know, the other opioids involved in feeling really, really good, then forget trying to masturbate and self-pleasure yourself first you need to get into self-nourishment so that's what i would say if you're cringing at the idea of having to build a masturbation practice first Mm. start with breath first start with movement start with sound start with opening your body finding your core finding your posture and deciding okay I can be vital today. I can feel radiant today. I can open myself to little sparks of joy. I can open myself to eroticism in everyday life. I can tilt my face to the sun a little bit and watch the leaves dance in the wind and understand that I am connected to everything that is vital and feels good in my environment. That is erotic education. That is Mm. nurturing your nervous system and then you move into places of more genitally focused, orgasmic focused pleasure. Yeah, I love that. Already you just saying that, I already felt my nervous system kind of just soothe. Um, what, is, what, what is one way you could do that? Like the self-nourishment, like what is one really easy, not easy, but like simple technique that we could all try at home? Well, what I love is one song, deciding on one song that helps you feel really calm and in touch with yourself. Um, and you can lay down on your bed, one hand on your heart, one hand on your womb or one hand on your pussy and breathe with that song. Mm. Allow that song to permeate, permeate your body, permeate your cells and just that self-holding. Um, then adding something like humming um, or moaning or sighing is really, really, again, beautiful way to bring your system into that parasympathetic state. So big, long inhales and exhales, nice ah, sighs and hums and moans with the hand on your heart and a hand on your genitals. Simple to one song, that's all, especially if you're super time poor. There are heaps of things that I could explain and say, do Mm. this and then do that and then we'll do this. But actually, it is the most simple things that are often the most profound. And because they are simple, we don't do them. Because, Mm. oh, no, I better do something else like, I don't know, clean the kitchen or write that email or, you know, there's something more important. Simple has depth. Never, ever discount Yeah, those those simple things for your system and your body. Mm. 
you were just mentioning before about how that doing that can have such a like a ripple effect across all areas of your life and this is something we like to uh, this is why I think this conversation was so important because you know being a holistic health coach and looking at the whole picture how much do you think this plays a role in our health alone um, and to help create you know put that big puzzle together in terms of health and then how does it yeah, how does it affect other areas of life? I remember you were talking in, an, in a, um, a podcast a- episode about that woman that you see through the crowd and she's just like mm-hmm. embodying this, you know, feminine energy, this sensuality, and you kind of, she stands out and you've got your eye on her and you're like, she's just oozing like this different energy about yeah. her. Like, how does that all work? Ah, uh, yeah. This is like, because uh, there's kind of two, two answers to this or two things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for us um, as leaders in some ways of a household, to have our, um, to feel whole and complete around something like our sexuality has an impact on our hormonal structure, which then has an impact on our mood, our communication our ability to access joy and ease and grace in everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. So when I think of myself as a mum, I know when I've been having really good sex and when I'm really connected to my pleasure and I'm super embodied and I'm in that flow state, things that would usually stress me out run off of me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that is so unimportant right now, right? It's kind of water off a duck's back because I've got my, my hormones intact through pleasure activities. Yes. Yeah. So when you think about it that way, it's hugely important managing stress through pleasure, like majorly important. And it's definitely something that's not usually talked about. Like if you go to your GP and want to talk about stress, you're Mm -hmm. not going, okay, cool. How are your pleasure hormones? How's your oxytocin? How's your serotonin? How's your opioids? How are your dopamine levels? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and how can we boost those naturally? You know, what's your relationship like with your your pleasure and your sexuality and your playfulness and your embodiment? No one's saying that. Um, and yeah, the second part is like, yes, this analogy or or this moment where, and it happens to me at times and I'm just feeling so connected to everything around me through my pleasure and sensuality and sexuality and that gliding along the street. And it's like, it's like a constant state of ovulation. So I don't know if you, you know, that feeling when you're ovulating Mm. and some of you will and and others won't, which is fine. But there's this feeling where you're like, Oh, today is just a good day. Mm. I've got my posture. I've got that pulse of aliveness coursing through me and you kind of um, parting the street as you, as you walk, you know, and people look at you like, damn, she's got an energy today. When, when I transfer that to things like my work or to things like, you know, yeah, earning money or to things like, um, attracting opportunities or, you know, Mm. just being really, um, orchestrating energy and orchestrating my own life, um, uh, the way that I want to like accessing desire, not only sexually, but it's like, well, what do I desire in this moment? What do I desire from this conversation? What do I desire from, you know, that partner? What do I desire from my other relationships? It can really, really connect you to um, good boundaries, your deepest desires and creating life as mm. you want it, as you really, really want it. I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. just such a beautiful flow, like ebb and flow between like, each area um and like you were saying the ovulation i was actually reading the other day ovulation like when we're ovulating we can even have like a different 
posture when we walk and the different yes. flow to our hips and yes. our, apparently our jawline changes ever so slightly in a female oh, like it's oh. like to have this like um what's the thing like the primal attraction you know between two mm-hmm. mates um because that's the time when you you know you reproduce and things like that and I, I thought it was really interesting and women have a different glow about them um i don't know about you but i actually noticed throughout the course of my cycle is i i wear different clothes at different mm-hmm. times you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes you really embrace that, like you want something flowy and other days you want something a little bit more sexy and other days you're just plain conservative. Like yeah. how yeah. does our cycle play a role in that, I guess? Oh, massively. Absolutely. Like in, in so many ways. Um, I feel like honouring and understanding cycles is a huge part of this work as well. And, you know, being connected to what your hormonal landscape is doing in that regard um, so even something, if you if you aren't feeling super connected to your blood, something like tracking your cycle. So, you know, get a really simple app where you can go, all right, let me start tracking my bleed a little bit and and see, oh, these are the days I'm ovulating. Oh, wow, I did notice that um, I was feeling a bit more whimsical and a bit more connected um, and managing your moods and stuff as well. It's like, oh, I'm coming up to a bleed. Maybe you experience PMS and all that kind of thing. I think it all comes down to somatic intelligence and somatic awareness and that's really really important and and plays a huge part in this journey towards unlocking our sexuality i'm also not really interested in just um encouraging people to only feel sexual during ovulation Mm. because that's an energy that you can achieve all month long yeah doesn't mean you have to or you're failing at something but imagine actually having choice having the free will to feel enlivened, turned on, opened, activated, radiant and up for connection mm. a couple of days before you bleed or during your bleed, God forbid. That's a whole nother podcast step. But really, yeah. you know, um, I want people to build the skills to be able to dance along the full spectrum of life and the full spectrum of our sexuality, not just get by. Not just be like, okay, well, I haven't had sex with my husband for a while. God, I better, I better do something. All right. And, you know, you, you pull yourself up to it and drag yourself in there. Mm. No, this is for you. This is for us. This episode is sponsored by Lucy. Lucy is a water-based, non-sticky personal lubricant that is Australian-made and TGA-accredited. Lucy is focused on reducing the stigma and shame often experienced with female pleasure. Their flagship product is designed with you in mind. It's fragrance and taste-free and contains no nasties. Use the code HMLube at checkout to score a very generous 25% off. And coming back to that sovereign sexual relationship, our blood plays a part in that, our embodiment plays a part in that, our boundary setting, our stress levels, Mm. uh, so our nutrition, it all plays a part in coming home to that authentic sexual creature that we were born to be. Mm. Um, And like you were saying before, you know, our bodies change before and after babies. Um, Yeah which is a massive thing. And you were just saying then like, you know, oh gosh, it's been a little while since I haven't slept with my partner, you know, had sex with my partner or my husband. What's something, and I know this is an area obviously like you get um, passionate about talking about is 
when, how can we start breaking down this pressure that we have within ourselves to be everything like as mums and particularly after giving birth, how can we communicate that and start first of all, communicating it to ourselves, um, you know, that it's okay. And, you know, to kind of break down that, that, pressure that we receive not from you know from ourselves but also from partners as well like I'm, I'm really conscious of the words that i'm using i'm not i'm trying not to say pressure from a partner to have sex after a baby but i feel like sometimes that is the case yeah. we have to be this certain person we have to be back out in the community after a baby and we you know be seen to be having coffee and looking like our shits all together with our <laughs> girlfriends and you know everything's just rush 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 these days what would you say to a mum who may have just recently given birth and be sitting here listening right now thinking this is so me, like, but what do I do? Um, mm. Yeah, so I think um, don't stop. Stop having sex. Take it off the table. Be really deliberate with your celibacy. Yeah. <laughs> Be really um, open in your communication about, okay, actually sexual intimacy is off the cards for me for the next two months. Mm. And then get down to the business of reconnecting itself. Yeah. Right. Um, also, you know, I hear a lot that partners are great. Like, no, no, he's not putting any pressure on me at all. It's just me. I just feel guilty. It's just me. Right. Then you take it off the table. I think that that really is the best thing. I, I don't think that anyone who's just had a baby should be concerned at all with necessarily sharing their body intimately with a partner, unless they really, really genuinely desire to um, take it away as an option. And I think that that releases pressure from, from you. And it also signals very clearly to your partner, this is not available because I want it to be available in genuinely available in the coming months after that you know make it super clear no i need time to come home i need time to go inward i need time to um, self-nourish self-nurture self-pleasure breathe heal my pelvic floor (laughs) you know close the bones eat some good broths go slowly and then months you know five, six, seven, or or whenever feels appropriate for you, you can genuinely build desire again because a lot of people do build desire from guilt and then you're overriding, you're tolerating, you're receiving touch that isn't spot on and that continues to kind of fester in a loop of lacking confidence and then lacking genuine turn on um, and not actually engaging with your partner from a place of pleasure and embodiment, but from a place of, Oh yeah, it feels nice to be close to you again. My Mm. mind thinks it's a good idea for us to cuddle. You know, my mind's open to being penetrated because I know you'll love that. And and let's face it, I do love you. And I love feeling your weight on top of me. You know, we do Mm. all these things, but is pleasure at the center of that experience? Probably not. So yeah, that's my advice. Take it off the table and that will take the pressure off and then put it on when it's genuine. Mm, That already just feels like a pressure release in itself. You just giving permission for, you know, opening up the conversation and um, not only with your partner, but also with yourself and saying, I'm going to work on myself and I'm, I'm going to, you know, rediscover things when it feels right for me. Um, Because like I said, that, you know, we have so much pressure on us 
to, yeah, be back out in the community, be doing this, be seen to be, you know, um, have everything together, be sleeping with our partner, be caring for our child, be breastfeeding. You know, we're, oh, yeah. we're like, give, 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 give. But I love that we're like re-nurturing ourselves back in before we even, you know, share ourselves with someone else. Think, totally. Um, yeah. Really, like, that's really amazing. Yeah. And it's a two-way street. Like, because we change, our partners have to change too. The way that we might engage with each other sexually might not be the same, actually. Mm. So it's not a one-way thing like we need to do the work and they sit and wait until we've done it and we're ready to receive them again. Ew, mm. no. It's actually they need to change too. They need to adapt, get more nuanced in their touch, get more present, get more tender, get more versions of, of leadership and nurture. Mm. Um, like there's plenty of work for men to do in this space and for partners of new mums to do in this space. Mm. Don't ever think it's just you. I love that. Yeah. Like you were talking about the junk. Um, what did you say before the junk? It's the same thing with like junk sex. Um, you know, the junk masturbation and things like that. Um, Yeah, that's that's really, really good information and something, you know, I think we're all going to get lots out of. Can we talk about um, intimacy and different ways, you know, that you can actually discover intimacy without even actually having sex? Sure. Intimacy and ways you can discover it without even actually having sex. So a lot of people have what I call an intimacy mis- mismatch. So someone might be saying, look, I just really feel like I miss you. We're not being intimate. And the other person's going, I feel that too. We're not being intimate at the moment and it sucks. Mm. And one person means I want to sit down on the couch and hold your hand and have a cup of tea. And the other person means I want to sex your brains out. Mm. You're both using the word intimacy to describe something completely different. (laughs) Right? So a good first step is um, having a conversation about what is intimacy to you? What does it look like? What does it include? And how do you feel when we've been or are being intimate? Then you can get very clear on whether you're managing expectations around something physical, sexual, penetrative, or something that's just connective through the heart, through the psyche, the soul and conversation. Um, games or connection activities like sitting down in front of each other, looking in each other's eyes, holding each other's hands and sharing breath is something that, you know, you might see in some hippie show about Tantra, but actually there's a reason why lining up with each other's nervous systems, right, Mm. feels very intimate, And these are things that, especially in long-term relationship, we kind of, we don't really do, right? Mm. Because we're busy, we're on my phone, I'm on my phone, I'm watching telly, I'm watching the kids, I got back from work, we had dinner, we stacked the dishwasher. All of this domestic stuff squashes our ability to actually go, ah, how do I just connect with this person's nervous system right now? Oh, okay, we hold each other and look into each other's eyes and and match up our breathing. Mm beautiful simple harmonizing what then i find though is that people have lots of um stuff to communicate about different hurts or wounds or moments in the past that they're holding on to 
So this is really where this relational piece comes in, where you've got to clear the cachet of your resentments and your frustrations with each other to actually be able to get into intimacy. Um, and a good thing to remember actually is that these conversations that can, you know, do a bit of emotional clearing are inherently intimate. Okay. Mm. Right. It's really vulnerable to say, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for how I feel right now. I'm going to walk over to that person and say, I'd like for us tonight, instead of having the telly on, I'd like for us tonight to have a conversation because I'm noticing in my chest, in my belly, in my heart, uh, that I'm holding on to something that happened two weeks ago and I really want to clear that because my desire is to be close to you. Mm. Hard conversation starter, super vulnerable, super intimate. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when we, when we look at intimacy, it does depend on where you're at in your relationship, but feeling into places where you can be vulnerable often leads to intimacy. So vulnerability could also look like, sweetheart, I really desire to receive um, a massage from you tonight. Are you open to giving that? Asking for things, mm -hmm. super vulnerable, super intimate. Um, same the other way around, sweetheart. I really desire to give you something you know, today I want to worship your body or I want to, you know, cover you in oil and light this incense and, and, you know, dote on you with my love. Beautiful. But, but people find it really, really hard to come into these places of tenderness with each other when we have the domestic life around. So that's why I call it a practice. These things are all a practice. And first we have to be willing to change something you have to be willing to go oh wow we've been pretty disconnected i want to foster intimacy i'm going to learn some new skills just because you don't do it now it doesn't mean that you're never going to know how to do it just like if i wanted to learn how to make a lasagna i've never made before i'd look at the recipe i'd read it i'd go buy the ingredients and i'd learn how to do it and it mm -hmm. might take me a few times before i perfect it and then it's added to my rotation and i love making that lasagna and i eat it often and it's freaking delicious mm. right it's the same with our with our intimacy our relationships our sexuality and our pleasure they are practices so anyone listening to this i never want you to feel like oh i don't know how to do that that would be so hard like you know i can't even lie down still and put my hand on my womb and, and my heart it's like set the timer be willing to suck at it for a little bit be willing to learn something new and then build a new practice. Yeah, right. I love yeah. that. You give me so much beautiful information. Um, like I was saying before, once we just say we've done this work on ourselves, we're feeling, you know, um, reconnected in our body, like you were saying, that embodiment, um, and we might be ready for that self-pleasure. Is that what you call masturbation, self-pleasure? No, they're different. They're, they're different. different. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, it's all about the terminology for me. I'm still learning this and it's so it's, I love it. Like, I, I think it's so important to learn the difference between this. Um, just say we're ready to connect with ourselves. Maybe it is using like a vibrator or whatever. Yeah. I was having yeah. a conversation with a girlfriend the other day. Um, she doesn't get any um, pleasure or anything from sex. It's all in her own self, um, mm -hmm. like when, when she's on her own. What are some 
um, and from that, <laughs> um, I hope I'm structuring this this um, question right. From that, um, what are ways that we can even achieve like certain? Because I know there's certain types of orgasms out there. For example, mm. right? Mm. Like this was also new for me a couple of years ago, and I was reading a book about it. I was like, what? There's what? like all these different types of orgasm. Like, can we? Yeah. I know we've just jumped from that intimacy, and we've jumped straight into this. That's um, all right. It's yeah. It's it's. It oh, is we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can we talk about that a little bit? About because a lot yeah. of a lot of people don't know that there's these different types of orgasms and there's, you know, whole body experiences and also um, an energetic mm. orgasm. Like this. Yeah. Uh, can we just like dive into that? Yes, yes, yes. So this is a, this is a cool topic. I like, I like talking about this because um, the way that I approach it really dissolves, I think a lot of pressure around orgasm. Um, and the first thing I say around this is first define what orgasm is for you. Right. So some people can stroke their arm slowly. You can't see what I'm doing, but stroke their arm or their neck or engage with their breath. And they feel waves of pleasure in their genitals or in their womb space or their sacrum. And they define that as orgasmic. Mm-hmm. They define that as I'm in an orgasmic state and I'm, I'm orgasming. Right. And from that place, there's loads of freedom to then go, wow, what else can I feel? We start um, really creating more sensitive and attuned sensations, actually, to be open to this orgasmic state. Um, Then from there, going, all right, there is a clitoral orgasm. There is a cervical orgasm. There is a G-crest orgasm or G-spot. You know, there are people who have orgasms through their nipples. There are people who have energetic orgasms, et cetera, et cetera. There's many. And depending on who you ask, they have a list of either 10, 12 or 19. And I kind of feel like that's lots of fun, but it's also not super relevant until you've defined your own orgasmic state. Right. Mm-hmm. So to be engaged in something like, um, I don't know if you've ever done like holotropic breathing or like dynamic breath work kind of stuff where your body releases loads of um, dopamine and your body goes into these expanded states of bliss. So that's like orgasmic breathing, right? Because mm-hmm. you decided that that's actually what feels orgasmic to you, what's what feels good to you, what's what feels like there's waves of pleasure rolling through your body. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also this pressure that can come around orgasm, like I said before. And so my main, my main task with any of this work is to, is to release pressure and to not be goal orientated. As soon as ever you take um, a goal away from orgasm and sex, it's more likely that you're going to access more states of pleasure, arousal, bliss, and, and orgasm. Um, I I hear this a lot with something like squirting, for example. It's like a bit of a trend for people to feel like, oh, can I squirt or can I gush or, you know, am I really lubricated and and wet? And it's like, yeah, potentially, but also not everybody's body responds like that. Not everybody's body has a capability of, of squirting out, you know, loads of this fluid. I don't know if you've heard, like, there's kind of a bit of a... um, not a movement, but people can get really fixated on wanting what those types that? of squirties. Why? Yeah, I think. Porn or? Yeah, it's from porn. And it's also um, 
the gaze of the partner. So the male gaze is pretty fixated on, on things like female ejaculate at the moment. And so if you ever get into one of these groups where or you, you know, are getting information where you're like, oh, wow, I wonder if I can square, I want to do that and think my partner would love that. Once again, we're getting really caught up in um, being a certain way or asking something from our body for our partner. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big Anyhow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyhow. Yeah, so, so there's lots of types of orgasm, but um, first, what is orgasm to you? Mm. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, particularly throughout, um, I guess if we're relating it to cycle, I, I guess, and the mood that you're in, like, orgasms feel different all the time. They're not the same. Yeah. They feel completely different from the, you know, the day before. Um, is that like a hormonal thing or is that just the way, do you, th- do you feel like it's a, you know, on a day that we're feeling super connected or, you know, yeah so uh, yeah yeah those things come into it but also our physiology changes so before we bleed our cervix gets a little bit lower the muscles in the vaginal canal might be a little bit swollen or a bit more squished together um and our anatomy actually moves depending on um where we're at in our cycle Mm -hmm. and also things like pelvic floor health so you know whether you do something like kegels or whether you kind of build lots of strength in that area can help the muscles of your vaginal canal put nice amounts of pressure on the g spot and you can access more um you know friction and then therefore possibly more pleasure in that area um whether your tailbone and your hips and your sacrum are in good working order can also have a real impact on that. So if you've got any compressed nerves or if you've got back injuries or if you've got, you know, um, yeah, stuff going on with your spine, sometimes the blood flow is impeded and that can also have an impact on your access to pleasure. So I remember I, um, there are two nerves in, in the base of the spine, the pelvic nerve um, and the, oh, it's escaped me now, the pelvic nerve and the, do you know it? I don't know, it's escaped me. There are two. I'll send it to you. You can put it in the notes. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if either of them are damaged, um, yeah, it can really res- be restrictive. So one actually um, takes care of the internal um, the pelvic nerve takes care of the internal structures like your G-spot and your vaginal canal, etc. And then the other one takes care of the external. So the clitoris, the labia minora, labia majora. And so, um, yeah, back and, and pelvic floor health plays a real, real role in your orgasm and pleasure. Yeah, amazing. There's so much to think about. And that's obviously something that's tampered with when we're holding babies for nine months yes. and then giving yes. birth and, you know, like you said, going back to focusing on getting yourself right before yes. you even open yourself up to that. Yes. Um, pudendal. I just remembered it. It's the, called the pudendal nerve, the pelvic nerve and the pudendal nerve. If you look them up and you go, oh, wow, that's, that's what they are. That's where they live. This is the function of them. And then go to your osteo, go to your myo, go to your um, chiro or whatever and go, yeah, can you work on this part of, of my spine and, and my base? And it, pff, mate, it can do wonders. That's so amazing, isn't it? Actually, yeah, yeah um, outsourcing it, going to practitioners and helping you yes. again, get, you know, um, looking at that whole picture of, yes. you know, your health for your body and in turn how it's going to help, you know, really, you know, in your sexuality as well. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Um, like I was saying, I remember going, like looking back in my 20s to what I am now and I remember feeling like a very tense, like I just remember mm. like holding on. It was just like, mm. am I, you know, like you said, it's goal orientated. It was like pleasing yep. a partner. It was doing it for them. It was this whole, like I was tense and I was like really this. And then it's now it's like when I learned to, you know, what I like and be on your own and breathing and, you know, mm. like really like you're just rolling yeah. around now in your chair, like yeah. <laughs> moving and feel, feeling that flow. It's like you, I feel the days that I'm tense and it's not working. It's yeah. like that, you know, got, having that goal in your head and when you stop and relax and just really breathe into it and connect and whether it's with you just yourself or with your partner as well, like it just makes so much of a difference. So much of a difference. Yeah. Mm. And really like you does. said, it take, you take it out into the way you mother, the way you're a partner, mm. you're a friend, a family member, you know, the way you take it out into your community, the way you dress, the way you hold yourself, the way you glow. Like it's, yeah, it's so beautiful. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. We, as you know, people in, in bodies like ours that we have a vulva, we have, um, some of us have wounds, um, we have a vagina, we have like such an incredible, um, hormonal landscape available to us to access these states of bliss, bliss and joy and pleasure. And I think a lot of the way that the modern world is set up takes us away from that. And it is a bold and radical act of self-love and life claiming for us to, really bring that back intact and to really, really use what's at our fingertips inside of our glorious bodies. You know, when we have access to even things like a little bit more testosterone than usual, which is released more so um, during sex, like our confidence, our dynamicism, the way that we can like slice through life and actually create is super, super potent. You know, what we have as women. Um, So, yeah, find like your reason, find why you would want to like really come home to your sex. And it could be because, you know, you want to build a business. It could be because you want to connect with your partner. It could be because you want to, you know, lead your family, a sex positive family and, and teach your kids. It could be, you know, healing trauma or healing from sexual abuse or other types of abuse. Like pick your why and then come and choose it, you know, because I don't, care what you've been through i don't i don't care like who you are you're not too broken you're never too damaged some of the things that i've healed through which i haven't even shared here and some of the things i've seen other people heal from like anything is possible you know like if you choose it you can you can come and and breathe life into it yeah well i guess you're you are a walking example of that aren't you like you said you haven't shared on this space but you've been through you know trauma in that area yourself yes yeah, absolutely. And I actually go into that. Um, I wrote a book like last year or the year before called Wild Honey. Yes, I was going to get so, into that. Mm. Yeah, you can like you can read my full story in there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, I will definitely link to that um, in the show notes as well. So what are, are there any books apart from yours, um, Wild Honey? Are there any other books or how can we, you know, um, the listener work with you? If, the, if this conversation has sparked something today going, oh, my goodness, like, yes, I'm ready to do this. This is, this is something I've been meaning to do for a really long time. Um, what yep. can we do? Like, what are the next steps? So um, 
I release lots of different programs throughout the year, but one I'm doing in the, in the coming months is called Attune. So it's using the somatic tools to help you come home into your body and to come into self-sexual nurture. Um, so, yeah, you'll be able to sign up for that if you want to actually do a group program around it. Otherwise, reading Wild Honey will be like a continuation of this conversation. It really like continues to kind of fire you up and go, oh, wow, all right, there's more to life than what I've been yeah. <laughs> accessing. Um, and also a book like um, Women Who Run With The Wolves, a book like um, Slow Sex by Nicole Dayton, um, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Um, and again, I can like write a whole list and so you can put it in the notes of this, but just turning your focus and turning your lens to this work in lots of different ways, you will end up going, oh, wow, cool. I can chip away and, and do little bits on myself, um, either by myself or with a teacher. Um, there's a teacher for everybody. And, you know, I'm not really necessarily fussed with all of you coming to like engage with me as your teacher, but I am really, really fussed with you finding one. If you want to do this work, find your teacher, find a group that resonates for you and, um, yeah, it'll change your whole life, you know. So, yeah, I will link you to the Attune program um, and also my long kind of year-long experience really, um, which is called the Heroine's Journey. So it goes for a whole year and every month we do workshops and hot seat coaching and, you know, you have kind of different prompts every month to walk through um, a full sexual transformation. Um, so that's a lot of fun too. Yeah, that's, yeah. You've, you've provided us with a lot there. Uh, women who want, run with the wolves, it's so... Yeah crazy that this book has been coming up in my life so much. I'm yet to read it, but our, a close friend of mine was just talking about it. I think you'd spoken about it in another podcast episode as well. And it's just, it's, it's on order. I am ordering it and, and, yeah, um, nice. and getting that book. Cause I've heard nice. really great things about it. Yeah, I hear that it it's a very chunky book, but it is chunky. It's yeah. Really, yeah. It gets into your psyche. It uses, uses a lot of mysticism. It gets into your soul. It's not like, this is all about sex. No, no, no. It's about actually accessing the wild woman inside of you. It's about going into the depths and the dark places that you probably leave unaccessed in your life. Things like, you know, sacred rage. And really it's about a homecoming for us as women and um, then moving from there. It's, it's super cool. I love it. That's so yeah. great. And a wonderful uh, way to wrap up our conversation as well. This has yes. been so great to make. I really, really appreciate it. You, you just have such a beautiful energy and one that's very suited to um, this topic. I just, I just oh, love good. it so much. You, you, oh, you shine when you talk. So, yeah, mm. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. And we will link everything that you mentioned in the show notes for you, for our listeners, to um, go and discover more. But, you know, I mean, you've already given us so much that we can do today right now so yes very good thanks a lot for having me it was a, it's a great chat how amazing was that chat i've actually listened to this conversation many times before bringing it to you and i get so much out of it every time so it's my wish that it has brought you many learnings today too tamika and i would love to hear what you think about today's chat also we are joining forces to gift you a copy of her incredible book wild honey to one lucky listener all you have to do is fo follow both tamika and myself on instagram and leave a comment on the post about this episode telling us what you most got out of the conversation We'll be picking a winner at random who will score a copy of Tamika's book. 
Entries close 5pm Tuesday, April 5. And to jump ahead and get your hands on Wild Honey right now, head to theorgasmicmama.com. If this episode has also awoken a spark inside of you today to dive into your health on a holistic level, you can find out all the ways you and I can work together and get you feeling your very best pronto, like the program clients are raving about called Naturally Well. Just head to hayleymore.com forward slash store. That's H-A-Y-L-E-Y-M-O-R dot com forward slash store. 